0: call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just
3: heard that number that you can call in and ask questions about the Bible and Christian living, 303-690-3000. This, of course, is Calvary Live. I want to welcome everybody. Good afternoon, good evening, And I am going to be your host for the next hour of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. And I am here in studio ready to take your questions and your prayer requests. And so give me a call. Grab one of those open lines. The number again is 303-690-3000 for you to be on the air. This really is your show. Those of you who are listening in and tuned in to Calvary Live, whether it's on Grace FM. Here in Colorado and Wyoming, welcome. We have a beautiful day, sunny day here in uh, Colorado, all along the Front Range from Pueblo, Colorado, uh, into Fountain and Colorado Springs 101.7. And you guys, I'd love to hear from you guys down there. Uh, You guys are a blessing. Spent many years uh, down in that area. Began my ministry down in the Colorado Springs. So I'd love to hear from you guys. Give us a call at 303-690-3000, and then, of course, Northern Colorado from Castle Rock up through the metro area and Boulder and Longmont and Loveland and Greeley and Fort Collins up in the southern Wyoming. That includes Cheyenne, the capital of Wyoming, and then Laramie, where the University of Wyoming is. We'd love to hear from you guys in, in southern Wyoming. Give us a call, and you can ask questions about the Bible, Christian living, events that uh you see going on how do we respond as Christians so I'd love to have that conversation with you there's another means for you to be able to uh ask questions or to uh g- to give a prayer request and that is through a dedicated text line and that number is 720-336-0897 and so uh, would love to for you to be able to text in if that's easier for you make sure that uh, you are safe and uh, as you are texting and many of you are ending your work week perhaps school week uh, as you're driving home or perhaps picking up the kids uh, from school and uh, taking them to practice or uh, to music lessons or perhaps ballet or whatever. Uh, hey, I'd love to talk to you about the things that the Lord. Maybe you're at home getting them a snack. Give me a call at 303-690-3000. Text line is 720-336-0897. I also want to welcome all those who are tuned in on the East Coast, Hope FM and Truth FM. Uh, again, you can call at that number. And you are a week delayed, but I know many of you are are listening online, so welcome all the online listeners throughout the country, whether you're on the East Coast or the West Coast, and everybody in between. Uh, we welcome you to Calvary Live. looking forward to today's show as we end the week uh the work week uh let's end it talking about the things that the Lord uh, about Jesus. Let's go to the Word of God and get clarity and understanding and uh, we're heading into a uh, holiday weekend. And some of you may have an extra day off on Monday, President's Day. Uh, but uh, so glad that you can join us for today's show. I want to read to you from <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. And such a glorious chapter, because it begins with no condemnation, and it ends with no separation from His love. And this is a text that we're going to be studying on Sunday morning here at Calvary Greeley. And it's such an encouragement. It gives us assurance of the Lord's love for us, that remains, uh, that we belong to him. And as we read in verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or naked it or peril or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long, and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that is such good news, isn't it? That we will never be separated from His love, and uh, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. And also that we know that Paul writes, that he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things and the implication is good things and so give me a call let's talk about the goodness of the lord the love of the lord we can go to his uh throne of grace in prayer in time of need, as Hebrew says, uh, chapter 4, because these are compassionate and sympathetic high priests. So call in with those prayer requests, 303-690-3000. We have some open lines, and let's go to Garrett in Longmont. Garrett?
2: Hey, Pastor, how's it
4: going?
3: Good, how are you, I'm Garrett?
4: Here. Good. Uh, I have a question. I guess it's been um, kind of nagging at me for a while now, uh, but I found a way to formulate it, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Luke six thirty. It's about charity, I suppose. Uh, Luke six thirty, and you know says, you know, I guess if a man should ask for your coat, you give him your shirt as well, right, or something uh, along those lines. And then, um, you know, versus maybe uh, the parable of the talents, and uh, you know, with the guy who can't really handle his or doesn't do, doesn't doesn't make his grow, and then he has his taken from him and given to the the man that already has many. Um, could you discuss that, I suppose?
3: Well, first of all, when Jesus is giving um, this Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, and then he goes on and he starts talking about in Luke chapter 6, "...but I say to you, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, Uh, bless those who curse you, pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on one cheek, offer him the other also." From him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. And then verse 30, the reference that you are making, give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. So here um, is uh, how we respond to others. Uh, I'll be real honest with you, Garrett. The Lord's still working in me in these areas of you know uh, loving my enemy, do good to those who hate you. Uh, bless those who curse you. that is something that we can 't do in our own energy in our own flesh and so Jesus is talking about that we as Christians that how we respond to others and react to others is a whole lot different than the world. Um, even the old testament, the Old Testament said an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth right and um, and you know my natural reaction is, you strike me uh, on the cheek, and i 'm going to want to. You know, strike you right back, and you poke my eye out. I want to, you know, poke both your eyes out. So he's talking about loving your enemies. He's talking about, I don't think necessarily that you can't defend yourself. He's not saying that, you know, that when you get struck on the cheek, that you're to be a doormat to be beaten up and you can't defend yourself. That strike has the idea of an insult, Uh, you know, the guy who's would strike you with the glove. It has more that idea, is what many commentators suggest. But then you made a reference to um, the parable of the talents. And the parable of the talents that we have in Matthew's Gospel, there's uh, one in Luke's Gospel, in chapter 19, it talks about the parable of the mina, and that's different than the parable of the talents. They're similar in a lot of ways. Uh, but different in a lot of ways. And and the parable of the talents, that it is um, the kingdom of heaven is like this. A man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered the goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, the other two, and to another one, to each one according to his ability. And then he went on a journey, he came back, and they were to give an account of those talents, right? And to the one who did not invest that talent, um, that we see that he took it away to give to another. So I think you have two different issues that are here. Um, I think that this is something that the master has given to us. The mina, where it's different, is that um, every servant was given the same amount, one mina. The talents here uh, refers to probably gifts and abilities. Uh, that the Lord has given to us, are we going to be good stewards of those things? And we are to invest in the kingdom of God. So all throughout the New Testament, even in Luke's narrative, he talks about the unfaithful servant. Um, he talks about the parable of the mina, how it's been given to us to be good stewards of it, because we are going to stand one day before him and give an account before our master. and um, And... Um, what we have invested is what we're going to be rewarded in. And, uh, so that kind of starts the conversation here for us. Um, I didn't know if you had any other comments on that or what?
4: Well, right. So say, you know, say, you know, someone's not a good steward, like, you know, you know, if they ask for money or something like that, or some sort of loan, you know, they're not a good steward and you know that you're probably not going to see your money again and they're probably going to squander it or do something like irresponsible with it, um, you know, but you know that at the same time they need it. Um, I guess that's where my question is. It's like, uh, it's like you know, my personal belief. You know, say like there's there's a, a certain country, and there's a lot of starving people in that country because they overbreed the capacity of their land. And it's like I would rather I would rather support or, you know support them by giving them some sort of contraceptive. I think that's a more direct solution to the problem than than feeding them to create uh, adults that have, you know, more starving children, if that makes any sense.
3: Um, Well, yeah, I think, again, you're talking about, you know, issue of, for your case, of investing in the kingdom when it comes to monetary giving. And I think that takes going to the Lord and really asking for prayer, because it can be difficult. It's like, Garrett, here at the Church, people come in and they have needs. We can't give to everyone. We have to be discerning. And there is a difference between enabling and helping. And so we got to have a peace about it. We got to be led by the Lord about it. We don't want to be greedy. Um, We, you know, freely have received, freely you shall give, is what the scripture says. So I think you're talking about you're trying to be wise and discerning in how you give, how you invest in the kingdom. And that's really between you and the Lord. But, you know, we do have that investment to give. And, um, and how to do the, you know, invest in the kingdom of God, how the Lord leads us, whether it's a local church or in the mission field or whatever. And I think that uh, the Lord leads us all in different things. And we have different um, convictions and uh, different desires. And we can't give to everyone, to everything. So, you know, Lord, what is it that you want me to give? So I don't know if that helps you or anything, but it, yes, it sir. takes. For me, Garrett, I got to have a peace in my heart. Um, that rules in my heart, Lord. Do I, I, I want to invest in this because all of us are limited in our investing, and we want to be wise in it, and we want to invest in that which is going to bring about fruit in the kingdom of God. and And those are things that we have to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I really feel like you're telling me to give because it's going to be uh, an investment uh, in the things of God, and. Um, because we we want to be good stewards of that. So, but I'll, I'll tell you this, Garrett, as well, that I know sometimes that we have helped people, and I know that I feel like the Lord has said, "Okay, you give," and then I got to entrust Him that He's going to work with it, because I don't always see the end result. Um, I just want to be obedient in what He tells me to do and how to give I don't want to give foolishly but sometimes I don't see the end result and and I have to trust the Lord is leading me in that way uh in his will according to his will and that's why I need his peace so hopefully that helps out a little bit
4: Yes sir very much and and one last thing I know you have other callers um that's your point about you know the eye for an eye and, and tooth for tooth thing um you know, the, you don't really love your kid, your child, I suppose, unless you you also discipline them. You know, love encompasses more than just the feel good stuff. I think, and sometimes yeah, you, you do have to discipline them, right? Um, right. And sometimes mm-hmm. you might have to discipline your 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 brother, you know, or or or, or somebody like that, and that that will save them from um, committing a more egregious act in the future on somebody else and getting themselves in more trouble or more harm.
2: So, um,
4: I think you your
3: I think well, Garrett, you're. And, and you're, you know, bringing up some good points because we live in a culture that says just accept everything. And Hebrews, you pointed out something about the disciplining of our kids. The Lord disciplines us. And he says that um, that we are to endure the chastening of the Lord. God deals with you as with sons. That's Hebrews chapter 12. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? So what the writer of Hebrews is saying, that as fathers, we discipline our children, and we see the command given to us, Hebrews chapter or Ephesians chapter 5 says that fathers, that you are to raise your children in the admonition of the Lord, um, and gives us the commission in uh, chapter 6, actually, of the book of Hebrews, don't provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training admonition of the Lord. Um, and that includes disciplining. So when we see a brother or sister that is sinning, we want to bring correction to them, right? We want to say, listen, it's a loving father in his word that says, don't do this, don't be involved in that, that's going to hurt you. And so um, we as fathers discipline our children, or we're going to raise spoiled children and our heavenly father disciplines us and chastens us because why he loves us. So you made a very good connection there. Um he loves us, we belong to him and we discipline our own children because we love them and we bring correction to brothers and sisters because that is showing love to them. I'm not showing love if I yes, give sir. you know um you know what culture says or what my opinion says um, but I want to love people by speaking the truth in love, again, the book of Ephesians. So you brought up something very important, I think, is uh, all of us need to consider and think about, and that is that if we're going to love others, we need to give them the truth of God's Word. And um, it isn't just always enabling them, but if we truly are going to help them, then we need to do it in a godly way and in truth and um, and and that is something that takes a lot of discernment and takes a lot of prayer. So hopefully that helps yes, out, Garrett. Okay, yes, right Thank you.
4: Thank you very much. I okay.
3: appreciate it. Thanks for calling, Garrett. I right. appreciate it.
4: Yeah, God bless you.
3: All right. Hey, we have open lines. I know it's Friday. It's the end of the week. But hey, let's. we got some time together and uh, to the top of the hour, so give me a call. Maybe you've been wanting to call in and uh, ask a question you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel so blessed to be with you 3036903000 but i think it's important for us what i was just talking with garrett that we live in a culture where we we think that loving others is just accepting anything and uh, if we really do, as Christians, love others, then we are going to give them truth. We're going to speak the truth in love, and we're going to give them God's word because we want them to do well. And to understand this, that God chastens us because of his love for us, is what Hebrews chapter 12 is declaring to us. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that the Lord you know, chastens us, and I'm so thankful that the Lord um, you know, does that. He gives me, you know, spiritual discipline uh, because I need it when I'm going the wrong direction or when I'm, um, you know, have attitudes that aren't right. Uh, I feel the, the pressure of the Lord, the disciplining of the Lord, and that's a good thing because He wants me to do well. He wants us as His children to grow, and just as parents, we're c- commissioned to bring discipline to our kids, because we want our kids to grow up to be responsible and to do well and not to be spoiled. Um, We don't want to raise spoiled kids, uh, and it takes disciplining. And tomorrow we got um, a marriage conference that we are doing, and uh, we're doing three teachings, a godly marriage, a godly home, and a godly legacy. And we're going to talk a lot about raising our kids and grandkids and disciplining them and what that means and for a married couple and uh, we want to encourage in that area so hey give me a call we have open lines and uh, you have an opportunity if you call you're going to get right through and love to pray with you I know some of you have prayer requests and so give me a call and let's go to the throne of God let's pray together and uh, and he desires for us to do that and maybe you got a question about the bible or christian living uh give me a call and i'll try to bring you clarity and understanding the best way i know how and i gave you that text line uh, is 7203360897 and let's take a text question uh, right now is we're waiting for uh, somebody to give us a call. This really is your show, and and love for you to be able to call in. Uh, one question, this is a good question. It comes out of the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 4. Why was God going to kill Moses in Exodus 4 when he was going to go to Egypt and free God's people? And in that, I'll try to answer it the best way that I know how because it's kind of a mysterious kind of section of Scripture because we know that in the book of Exodus, in chapter 3, that the Lord had just uh, told Moses at the burning bush that you're going to go and you're going to set my people free. I've heard the cries of the people. Moses made a bunch of excuses, and we know that uh, he would end up going. And then as you move into Exodus chapter 4, we see kind of an interesting thing that happened as he's on his way to Egypt, that it says that um, in verse 23, that or actually verse 24 of the chapter, chapter 4 of Exodus, and it came to pass on the way as he's going to the encampment that the lord met moses and sought to kill him and then Sapporah, that is his wife took a sharp stone cut off the foreskin of her uh, son and cast it at moses feet and said surely you are a husband of blood to me and so god let moses go and then she said you are a husband of blood because of the circumcision and in that it's kind of interesting why was god going to do that And I think that as we look at it, there's some very important consideration that is there. And that is, number one, is that the covenant was given to uh, God's people in the book of Genesis, that they were to circumcise their sons on the eighth day. And it was to be a mark. It was to be an outward sign, actually, of an inward belief that they belonged to him. And God said in Genesis chapter uh, 17, I believe it is, uh, that as you circumcise, um, and it is in chapter 17, your children, then um, it's a sign that you are the covenant people, and if you don't do it, then you will be separated from your people. So Moses here apparently had ignored that, uh, even though he had been out of you know, uh, Egypt there, uh, the children of Israel are enslaved to Egypt, And we know that Moses got married. He was herding sheep on the backside of the desert. He did not circumcise his son. And he's on his way to Egypt. And here's the important thing for me to consider. And it's this, that Moses was going to shepherd two and a half million people uh, and lead them out of Egypt and towards the promised land. He was going to lead them to the mountain of God where they would receive the law of God. And God would make uh, the... A, a, a covenant with them there, you know, that if you follow me, I'll bless you, but if you disobey me, uh, it, there's going to be uh, consequences and curses that will come with it. But Moses, yet he had failed in leading his own family. And as we consider that, uh, we need to remember that for me, it speaks to me as if I'm going to shepherd Calvary Chapel— if I'm going to be a pastor of, of uh, how many people God gives to me, I need to make sure that I am shepherding my family. And Moses had neglected that he was to take the lead and Zipporah, uh his wife that was not Jewish, um, that she ends up having to do what Moses was supposed to do. And she's upset about. It. She says you're a husband of blood because of the circumcision, and um, surely you're a husband of blood to me. And he should have taken care of it. And it reminds us, men, those of us who are listening, and those of us, you know, that have families and children, that we need to make that a priority. And uh, I can, you know, go and and do ministry and pastor others and shepherd others, but am I shepherding my family and taking the lead? And so that's what it speaks to me about. And, and Moses, you're going to shepherd all these people. Uh, you need to make sure that you have your house in order. And then as you go to the New Testament, when it talks about um, you know, uh, 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 the work of a pastor, an overseer, uh, that... Um, you know, it's a good work, and your household is to be in submission. There's a lot of uh, character issues that are there. Uh, He's able to teach, but everything else is about character, and so we want to uh, make sure that we are leading our families, or we can't do the ministry in the church. So, hey, still no calls. Love somebody to call, ask me a question. Uh, I know we're headed to holiday weekend, but 303 uh, 690 If the Lord wants me to talk and just talk about certain things, we will do that. But maybe you got a question or a prayer request on this Friday. Love to, to be able to converse with you. This, again, really is your show. We're heading towards uh, the uh, break, about three minutes. I've had one phone call. So I've been doing Calvary Live for about four years now, and I've never had it this low. So please tell me somebody's out there listening, and uh, I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. And also, let me give you that text number uh, as well. Um, that is 720-336-0897. And the phone number to call in and be on the show is 303-690-3000. There's somebody that has uh text in. We'll go there. And like prayer for direction between two jobs, one is secular um, and uh, could be a good job. The other is Christian environment, um, where I could exist in unity with co-workers and free to speak openly about my religion. So I'd like to pray for wisdom and, and quieting of the mind to hear the Lord's direction. And let's go ahead and pray for this one. Lord, we do pray for this one who's praying for direction for a job that you would give them a peace that passes, um, that rules in their heart, that is, as Colossians says, you make the call, and that you would direct them and guide them and be a voice behind them saying, this is the way, whether to be in a job where they can be a light to others or be in an environment where um, it's a blessing and they can speak about the things of the Lord freely. But Lord, wherever you plant them, Lord, you would guide them and direct them and speak to them. And and, uh, I thank you for this one who who wants to be where you want them to be. Um, And um, I pray that um, they would just hear your voice as they wait on you. Uh, Even as Isaiah 30 says, as we go to you, we are to wait on you. And then as we do that, that you will be a voice behind us saying, this is the way walk in it. Go to the left, go to the right. So I pray this for uh, this one who has uh called in or text in for this prayer request so hey we're getting ready to go to break uh give me a call we have open lines 303-690-3000 and um and love to be able to talk to you on the other side of the break and that uh, text line 720-336-0897 you are listening to calvary live with pastor jeff figs of calvary Greeley on his beautiful days we're getting ready to head into a weekend. I do want to remind you, um, if you're around this weekend, I know it's a holiday weekend coming up with President's Day, but be sure to go to church. Be sure to be in fellowship. Be with other believers if you can. Um, worship the Lord. Be in a church that is a good Bible-believing church, and I know that you'll be tremendously blessed. And um, And make that a priority in your life. Uh, the uh, book of Hebrews says we're not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of sun, especially as you see the day approaching, and we are seeing the day approaching. That is, um, we are seeing that in our day, that um, it is perilous times, and we need to be together with other brethren. So, hey, open lines three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Give me a call. And we'll be back on the other side of the break.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. I am Pastor Jeff Fix of Calvary Greeley in Northern Colorado. Love for you to be able to call. We have an open line, 303-690-3000, and we're going to get to... Uh, our callers here in just a second, but I want to remind you uh, that here in the Greeley area, Northern Colorado, not only are we going through the Book of Romans on Sunday morning, 8, nine thirty, and 11 o'clock, we have three Sunday morning services, and we have a place for your kids and for the youth, uh, but also on Wednesday nights, we're going through the Book of Revelation and doing a verse-by-verse study in that book, and perhaps you've never been through the Book of Revelation, uh, we are in chapter 2, so we got a long ways to go, and we're in that section that deals with the seven letters to the seven churches. Very, very powerful, as Jesus is writing uh, to those seven churches that were in proconsular Asia in the first century. So I would love for you to come out. The book of Revelation is meant to be studied, and there is a special promise in chapter 1 for those who read the book, who hear the book, and keep the words in it, And uh, it's a great encouragement, and it is given to us, so not to scare us, but to prepare us, because the Lord lets us in on what's going to happen in uh, the last days and years, uh, the tribulation period from chapter 6 through chapter 18, the second coming of Jesus Christ in chapter 19, the millennium reign of Christ in chapter 20, and then the new heaven and the new earth, and in New Jerusalem uh, in chapters 21 and 22. So come out and join us for our study at 7 o'clock on Wednesday. Again, we got a place for all the kids uh, in the children's ministry, nursery, the youth groups, middle schoolers, high schoolers. Love to serve you and your family. Love to meet you. So look at our website, CalvaryChapelGreely.com, for further information. Well, we got a couple callers. Let's go to Alvin in Denver. Alvin? Yeah, hi. How are so you? I'd
1: like, I'd like to uh, explain the thought process that I use to try to understand the Sermon on the Mount, and then have you comment about it. Okay. Uh, as you know, the Bible um, makes it clear that when the Holy Spirit indwells us, if we are not greeting the Holy Spirit, one of the salient fruits of the Holy Spirit is brotherly love, or the ability to love others. The Bible also talks about agape love. Peter specifically talks about agape love, which is can be described as a disinterested type of love, or a selfless love. In other words, I'm not really interested in what response you give me, um, I'm just going to love you, and right? I, it seems to me that what Jesus is really getting at is that we are to have an agape-type love. So if you poke right. me in the eye, that, that really doesn't impact the fact that I love you, because I'm dwell with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowers me to love you, right. so on and so forth. So I'm curious as to what you would comment about
3: that. Well, you've made some good points, because the Greek language speaks more specifically about love. You know, we say that word love, you know, what can it mean? Uh, I love my wife, I love Big Macs. Well, those are two completely different things. So in the Greek, there's four different words for love. There's uh, phileo, which is brotherly love, like, you know, the city of Philadelphia is the city of you know brotherly you know uh, love um, phileo brotherly there's eros which speaks of sensual love there is another one that speaks of a love between like parents and children but you brought up the word agape love and that is god's love and being a an, you know a christian you have the holy spirit of god and he works that agape love in us Agape love is a love that a non-Christian can't have. Um, it is God's love. It's a sacrificial love, like you said. It is um, loving uh, others, and it is only something that God can work in us supernaturally. M- you mentioned the gifts of the Spirit. Paul comes along in First Corinthians thirteen, and he says, "I show you a more excellent way." Right, and right. he he says that you know you can have faith to move mountains, you can offer your body to be burned as a sacrifice, you can, um, you know, have all kinds of knowledge and stuff, but uh, understand mysteries, but if you don't have love, it means nothing. So we know that the greatest gift is love. So going back to the Sermon on the Mount, when um, he says that we are to love others, uh, love your neighbor and, um, you know, and... Uh, love your enemies bless those who curse you that is something that only God can do mm-hmm. it is a love that only God can put into us and it is something that we have to be completely surrendered to the Lord Lord work this agape love in me so is is a love that gives um uh, for the sake of giving not expecting anything in return and mm-hmm. um it is a love that only God can put into us and um I tell you what, it's very convicting when we think about that. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I think you, you've made some good comments on that. And again, it has to be a work of the Spirit. We can't muster that love up ourselves, uh, because when somebody does poke me in the eye, I get angry, um, and I get upset. And it's interesting, too, Alvin, that when you go to the book of Galatians, when he talks about the gift of the Spirit is love, love, uh, you know, patience, long suffering, so forth, kindness, and he uh, self control. It's interesting in the book of Galatians when he says that the gift of this, uh, um, the the fruit of the spirit, is love. That word "fruit" is singular. So the oh. fruit of the spirit is love, which consists of patience, long suffering, kindness. So. Love is the mark of a Christian, and of course Jesus said that they will know that you are my disciples for your love for one another. John, the apostle of love, comes in his epistle, and he talks a whole lot about brotherly love, and that if you say that you um, you know love God and you hate your brother, then you 're in darkness and you 're li- you know you 're a liar and so there 's a lot said about that and a lot of convicting things so um, love is the the mark of a Christian should be. And it is a love that only God, the agape love, that he can put into our hearts by the Holy Spirit.
1: Well, and in that regard, it always has seemed to me that if Jesus had prefaced the Sermon on the Mount with his statement that he says elsewhere, I tell you, you must be born again. You must be reborn, meaning you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. You must... Yeah, and, and, then he, and then if you attach that to the Sermon on the Mount, it's not so difficult to understand, right. I don't think.
3: Yeah, and it just can be difficult to do. And, you know, in Romans chapter 8, when he talks about walking in the Spirit, because sometimes I'll read these uh, surveys that will say, well, 64% of Christians say they're born-again Christians. Well, you're not a Christian unless you're born again. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. So it goes back to what you said. We have to be born again by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God, uh, the Holy Spirit, dwells in us. Otherwise, we don't belong to him. And um, so good connections that you're making there. Appreciate it, Alvin. And
1: And the convicting thing, and the horrific thing is is people like Billy Graham say that only about 5% of people that call themselves Christians are really born again. So yeah, it's, and it's something that every Christian needs to wrestle with, needs to come to, come to grips with. Submit to the well, Lord. Well,
3: it, 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 Submit to the Lord, and it is. And, you know, I don't know the numbers, but I do know this, that Paul would say to the Corinthians, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. And um, we're we come to faith in Jesus Christ the doctrine of justification where that we're justified freely by his grace through the redemption in Christ Jesus and but then that love has to be worked in us and it's i think a continual work that he's calling us to do and walk in
1: yeah well, i agree and that's the tough part because you're yeah. constantly
3: failing <laughs> yeah constantly amen failing. that's okay, that's thanks. why we need him I appreciate thanks Alvin appreciate you yeah, calling thanks. in all Thank right you. Uh huh. Good question. Good good discussion. Hey, give me a call, 303 690 3000. Let's go to Jay in Aurora. Jay?
5: Yeah, I'm here.
3: How are you?
5: Oh, just fine. How about yourself?
3: Doing good. Thanks it's a wonderful day, isn't it? It is. Beautiful.
5: I just thought maybe you might be able to uh, clear something up for me. <clears throat> that if the. Is singing for the Lord considered a gift, biblically speaking? Now I know, I know God places singing as a very high priority. Obviously, because He, right, He He writes about it all the time in the Bible. I mean, it's it's like a top on His list for well, next to love is to sing and and give Him praise and worship and honor Him that way. Right, gift. It, it, I mean, see, I sing as a tenor, and I've always been perplexed about. And I, I know people who teach in the church. That's definitely a gift. I know preachers are gifted. That's a gift, you know, prophesying. A, at one time, um, mm-hmm. you know, tongues was you know considered. I guess I guess it still is, but you know I'm kind of that's another story all by itself. But I don't want to get I don't want to get into that one. But sure. <clears throat> the I'm just wondering if you put a spin on could put a spin on the whether or not you think or y- you could prove to me or whatever that singing is considered a gift or is it just simply a just a talent that still we should share with. Sure, mm-hmm. sure in the church to edify the body of Christ to help mm-hmm. it grow and well, that type yeah, of thing, I, or is, it, is I, it considered a gift? I, I'm a little confused yeah. on that.
3: Well, I think you kind of answered your own question in a very good way. To you know, kind of what you're concluding when you go through like the gifts. First Corinthians chapter twelve um, lists the gifts. Uh, we have Ephesians five. Um, we have. Um, or Ephesians four, uh, we have Romans talks about the gifts. Peter, there's not a specific spiritual gift about singing, but you said something that is worth considering, and that is, um, you know, it, it we can consider it a talent. But I believe that God can give us those talents for His glory, for for His, you know, uh, because. Singing, praising him is a high priority, and you see it all throughout the scripture that we are to worship him and yeah david
5: David did it all the time he put a group of musicians yeah. together yeah and, and it, yeah exactly it, it, yeah and, and, so, and it's not something like everybody can do i mean it's some people shouldn't <laughs> tell truth but but it's you know, well, I shouldn't say that because that's that's not quite right either. Because you know, everybody should try to sing, even if they they don't have a voice, they can at least sing inside. You know, I mean, what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, yeah Sing I do. within their spirit if if you can. But uh, right, I mean, I right. don't mean for some folks that you know they're you know they just tone deaf. Let's face it. But but yeah. um, and then there's others that are very talented, overly talented, perhaps. I don't know. But, uh, and, uh, you know, um, and and they kind of let you know that, too. But, um, and that's unfortunate. But, um, I don't know, singing is kind of a sticky subject.
3: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. We're all called to praise the Lord. And um, when we go in congregational singing, if somebody's a little off, you know, we shouldn't we shouldn't let that bother the, us, you know we should be thankful that they're they're praising God because God has His filters by the time they reach His ears, they're like a sweet smell and aroma. it blesses him, but I've also said this, and you kind of hit on it um Jay, is that when somebody's leading, for example, we have those who lead us in worship there's there needs to be gifts, you know talent that is there. Or it can end up being a distraction. And um yeah, so yeah, there's that's there's certain Yeah, there's a balance that's there. And if I led worship, you know, there's been times where I've sat on the stool and just led uh a cappella a few times, but I don't have the greatest voice. And when people join in, it, it really just kinda blends in. Uh, yeah. But if I was if I was to lead worship for the congregation, I'm thankful that I'm not called to do that. He's given me the gift of teaching. That's a spiritual gift, uh, pastor-teacher, uh, the gift of teaching. Um, but he does give, I believe, he gifts, if you want to call it, a, or a talent to those to lead and calls them. And it's a blessing to be able to have that. So uh, I, you know, I think that you're you kind of on the right uh, right track. Uh,
5: Yeah, I was learning, I was listening to uh, a a radio, I won't mention names or anything, on on the radio the other night going home uh, after work, and uh, he was preaching that singing is a gift, that if you have a gift, you should share it with the church. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you shouldn't just keep it to yourself, you know. Right. And then he gave an example of there was somebody uh, that could really play the channel good but never showed showed up, let him anybody know that he had that talent. And that gift, he called it, a, a Preacher came right out and said gift on the radio. And um, <clears throat> he um, went on to say that our pianos got really sick and ill for quite a spell and we were short of pianists, and then uh, if we put a request out, and then he said, "Well, I can I can kind of play the piano a little bit, but he could play a lot," according to what this uh, radio yeah. evangelist was saying. And he was excellent. And he said, "Where have you been all this time?" And and then he that was part of his sermon is that if you have a gift, you shouldn't keep it. Tears yourself. that's just wrong. But yet he calls it a gift. Now, I've had I've heard it both ways, see? as the reason I was just kind of getting your thoughts.
3: Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't split hairs over it, um, you know, because he does give us talents um, and abilities. That's, you know, the parable of the talents that we were talking about earlier in the show. Right. And he's given somebody the ability to sing and sing where it's a blessing and lead. That's great. But it, it also, Jay, it brings kind of, you touched on it a little bit, uh, you know, in a smaller congregation, you know, when somebody is willing to lead and stuff, um, you, you know, it, we don't have performers here. You know, the church doesn't call, you know, those that lead to be performers or just, you know, um, you know, a concert. It is, I'd rather have somebody who has a heart for Jesus Christ to really praise him and worship him, and um, you you hope the talent goes with it, um, but that's the important thing, is same with a pastor who teaches the Word of God. He can be a dynamic teacher, but if his heart isn't right, and he isn't humble before the Lord, um, then there's something wrong. So there's there's a lot of things to consider there, but you know, good mm-hmm. question, and, and I think he gives us gifts and abilities and in uh, singing, and there, you know, in the body of Christ in ministry, there are guys that can fix things. I can't fix anything here, but they can. That's a gift. That's you know, I can say a gift or a talent. I don't know. Um, hmm. I'm not going to split hairs over it. Uh, right. Guys that are right. great mechanics. Guys that can build things. Guys that can, you know, on the technical side. I can, I can, I can turn on a computer, but boy, find my way around it. You know, I. I <laughs> You know, I'm I'm not that way. There are guys that are gifted, that understand it, or talented in it. I'm not going to split hairs over it, but they're used for the glory of God, and I'm thankful for it. So, yeah, good yeah. question. Yeah,
5: good yeah, it, question. You know, when I prepare a song to sing, uh, special music, you know, to sing, and I work really hard at it. I'm I'm not super talented, yeah. so I I have to work at it. Yeah. I got to yep. practice. Uh, maybe overly yeah. so, you know, in the evenings, or if I know a week ahead that I, um, you know, they want me to sing special music, yeah. and so yeah. I'll, in my spare time, I'll I'll sing and get to know the words and, and the notes exactly yeah. right, and everything, so that, you know, I don't mess up. Yeah. And, uh, plain and simple, so I'm not super talented, but I, yeah, I'm, there, you know, where to the point I can read music and and uh, not exceptional. That's but, okay. You know that's, enough that's to okay. get my on. Yeah, and that's and okay,
3: I, Jay, because he he gets the glory. He gets yeah, the glory, and that's us. the
5: important thing, you know. And uh, and then after I'm seeing later on after church, so people come up to me and they'll say, "Oh, that bless me," you know. You have seen so much from your heart, and and I, I and then they'll tell me that's a great gift you have, not Ison. Nice, I could, And that's what got me to thinking. is it really a gift, though? I mean, you know, that's yeah. the—and I guess it could hey. be considered that way, a gift.
3: Yeah, every good it's, thing comes it, from above. So, But, Jay, hey, thanks for calling in. I'm going to okay. try to slip in a couple more calls here before we end the hour. But sure. God bless you. Appreciate it. Well, God bless All right. you, too. You bet, Jay. Have a good weekend. Let's go to Brandon in Hillrose. Brandon?
2: Uh, yep, I'm here. How are you? I'm doing well yourself.
3: Good, you're on Calvary Live.
2: Um, I just had a question, and it's a question that I don't bring up too often because it seems like the Church as a whole is kind of split down the middle of it. And mm-hmm. even like on Grace FM, some of the pastors, you know, will say one thing and one of the pastors will say another, and it seems like there's a lot of verses each way. But, like, I'm the once saved, always saved on salvation. It's not something I lose sleep over, but um, right. I just feel like that, um, you know, like, say there's a parable of, um, I believe it's like the virgins who have the oil, and oil is always a representative of the Holy Spirit. And it says, like, the ones weren't paying attention and they didn't refill and, you know, they weren't brought to the wedding. Um, And there's so many verses about finishing the race. And, um, like, adulterers and, you know, fornicators and stuff, you know, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I know it's kind of a heart issue, Um, and I know you can't do anything to say, you know, lose your salvation, but couldn't you choose in your heart to turn your back on God and lose your salvation? I I guess I just don't see it as he's going to be like, no, I'm sorry, on August twenty eighth, you know, nineteen ninety five, you chose me and you can't go back on that. Um is right. there anything that you could help that's,
3: me? There's there's a big debate on that. Can you um I, I don't like that term lose your salvation. Can you choose to walk away from your salvation? Right, right. That's exactly. where that's where the debate is. And um what I have in scripture is I see the security of the believer. Um, when we're born again by the Spirit of God, there's nothing in Scripture that says that we can be unborn again. Um, And and so we're, like in in Romans chapter 8, that for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. That's all in the past tense. And, and it's like, the, you know, Paul is telling us that as he's talking about in chapter 8, walking in the Spirit, you're born again. Indeed, the Spirit of God dwells in you, that, you know, he's going to see you through. He's going to see you through. And another powerful passage is what Peter writes, that he says that we have an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled does not, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. God would not reserve that if we weren't going to show up um in the corinthian um you know second Corinthians it talks about being um the the holy spirit the the seal of the Holy Spirit of promise uh ephesians chapter one that's given to us um we have the Holy Spirit of promise given to us, and in ephesians chapter one, let me uh read it to you um well in let me read second Corinthians chapter one. He has also sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. That's a guarantee. That word seal is a very powerful word um, there, uh, Brandon, because it's the same as in the book of Revelation when uh, Satan is going to be thrown into the bottomless pit during the millennium reign. It says that there was a seal that was set. In other words, he cannot get out. That's how strong that word is. So we have uh, he has sealed us, given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee, and then also in chapter five, now he has prepared us for this very thing he 's talking about the resurrection of god is also has given us the spirit as a guarantee, and then in Ephesians uh, chapter one, we know that uh, we have been given uh, the spirit um, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of glory? So those are very powerful passages talking about, you know, the Holy Spirit that has sealed us, a spirit of guarantee that we have um, a purchased possession waiting for us, um, the security of the believer. So th- it comes, you know, what about that person who perhaps believed at one time and now they say they don't believe in God? I think that a lot of us we know that person. Well, the question was, were they even, you know, a believer in the first place? Right. Um, were they even born again? So, you know, I always tell people, listen, where are you at today? Where are you at today? And um, and then Paul says to the Corinthians, you need to examine yourself to see if you are in the faith, right. because you know, salvation is not this game to play around with. And as we are born again with living faith and born again by the Spirit of God, He keeps us. And um, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And and that's what I see. So I like those terms better than, you know, once saved, always saved, or lose your salvation. Um, Listen, salvation is not a game to play around with. But I do, I am very, very, very thankful that being confident of this very thing, that He who begun a good work in us, Will bring it to completion, especially in the day of Christ Jesus. And that brings comfort to me that I belong to Him. His love remains with me, and He's going to see me through. And I just live in that, and I rejoice in that.
2: Right. Well, I really appreciate it. I mean, it's not even so much for me. I mean, I have all the confidence in the world, but, you know, uh, non believers will ask you questions, and, you know, yeah. it's just, I just kind of needed some ammunition that I could throw at them to, you know, try
3: and win them. Well, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's been a debate. When Paul was writing to the—we went over that, uh, verses 29 and 30 of Romans chapter 8, and you know, there are some Christians that will dig their trenches, and they'll get out their spiritual grenades, and they'll go to war over it. Right. And, and Paul's writing to these Christians 2,000 years ago to bring comfort to them because they were going to go through difficulties a few years later by the hands of Caesar Nero, who was going to persecute the Christians very heavily in Rome. And he says that, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And, and so he's encouraging them that God's going to see you through. And we know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, who are called according to his purposes. And so for me, I'm so thankful that I have the, the Holy Spirit as a, uh, you know, a down payment of the the purchased possession that is, you know, going to be reserved for me in heaven, as Peter writes, um, kept by the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God, is what Peter writes. And I rest in that, and I trust in that.
2: Right. Well, yeah, thank you very so, much. I, I appreciate it more than you know.
3: So. Well, you bet, and I appreciate you calling. Hey, sorry we had callers, we didn't get to everybody, but as I said, Get to church this weekend if you can, or listen on live stream, or continue listening to Grace FM. God bless you. We'll see you next time.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.